0: Welcome to Behavior Babes podcast presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. I'd like to give you a bit of information about my journey as a mentor and professor and supervisor of individuals who are pursuing their certification in behavior analysis. When I was pursuing my own certification in behavior analysis, it was in 2006 and 2007 that I was receiving my supervision towards my certification. And at the time I was receiving my supervision through the university program with which I was enrolled at the, which was, um, Simmons college, now Simmons university in Boston, Massachusetts. And we were so fortunate and so lucky to have a incredible, um, professor, mentor, supervisor, leader, liaison, Dr. Susan Ainsley, who created our program and structured our mentoring and supervision experience. And I had the fortunate experience of being not only a student as a recipient of the services that were provided by Simmons University through our supervision and mentoring program, But after I graduated, I also had the opportunity while I was enrolled in my doctoral program to be a supervisor, to be a mentor for individuals pursuing certification as a recipient. As a student, I had the experience where I had been assigned separate different individual mentors across three different um, supervision or semester periods and um, Shortly after, actually, while I was still enrolled, the requirements for increased hours in supervision were um, put into effect in place. And I actually uh, crammed a bunch of my classes together so that I could, you know, work 60 hours, take 20 credit hours and graduate and then apply for the exam without needing to meet the increased supervision requirements. And you might have heard on other... Um, you know, podcast episodes or talks or lectures where I've given where I've said that was one of the biggest professional mistakes I made and it was really only righted by continuing my education and my doctoral program and then staying immersed in the field. Um, I understand, though, completely, like, why we want to get done, why we want to apply for the exam, like, we're juggling so much, like, I do appreciate and connect to that. So my first students were, while I was in my PhD program, um, through the structure at the Simmons University mentorship um, uh, opportunity, if you will. And I had two students at once, and they were it was just like such a very different experience. One student felt very immersed and very knowledgeable. Another student felt compelled to convey their excitement and expertise to me. So motivations are different. As a student myself, I had three separate supervisors and mentors, which was highly unusual at the time. People were really going to a university saying, I want to study with X or I want to be with this person or on this topic. And um, I actually questioned whether or not I was getting an authentic experience because was I just being passed from mentor to mentor-mentor? Like who was available, which professor was there? And quite honestly, I later learned and almost immediately appreciated what the benefit was to having diversity and multiple exemplars. And now the more I know about behavior analysis, the more I know whether it was intentional or not, there was programming for generalization of the concepts and the skills that I was obtaining. And once I've been in the role of providing information versus uh, what I consider in the role of receiving information, but let's be honest, we're always doing that in both directions, whether we're the student or the learner, or in reality, we're both in every situation, whether we see ourselves as the student or the learner, and I have formulated some of the most amazing lifelong relationships, partnerships, mentorships, through this shared experience of, you know, passing on knowledge, receiving knowledge, sharing in knowledge, communicating each other's, you know, pet peeves and idiosyncrasies within the field. It, it's, it's like your own really unique, amazing, supportive, highly dysfunctional family. Um, In a professional sense, of course. And when I look back and think about my own mentoring and supervision experience, like, I have a difficulty drawing a line between, like, where somebody's official role with me starts and stops. And I don't mean that in a conflict of interest or dual relationship. I just mean sometimes people become such a part of the fabric of your life even if they started as a very specific person in a very set relationship, that once you're beyond that or once you're years into that, it's hard to separate it from who you are um, as, in this case, a behavior analyst. And so part of what spurred my interest in sharing the story and talking to you and giving you an update is that today the results came out (laughs) Um, for the second, I think, wave of analysts and assistant analysts who have become certified by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. And um, a friend, a colleague, an ally, a student of mine, um, again, who's taught me so much, who's probably within, like, let's say, like my 15th mentee or mentor I mean, uh, in the role of a mentor, but someone I've... Yeah, she's my mentee and my mentor. And I hope to be the same with her. But today, she passed the exam. And, you know, I want to give a message to everybody that it, you know, there's test anxiety, there's other anxieties, there's all sorts of things that can influence whether or not you pass the exam, even if you are a stellar, incredible behavior changer. But when when i got the, the the news today when i got the information i thought i couldn't be more proud and not because i get acclaim or recognition or responsibility but because i'm one of the people who contributed to the outcome which is one measure of that is passing the exam. So congratulations, Jennifer Leonardo, on moving from a board-certified assistant behavior analyst to a board-certified behavior analyst and on your way to a licensed behavior analyst. But really, to me, I just want to say, welcome to a club that you've always been a part of. Um, I feel like joining the mission to save the world is, admirable and unique and is not defined by an examination. When people become certified by the Behavioral Certification Board, it should be something to be proud of, and it should really convey to consumers an entry-level criterion, but it's not the only criterion, and being a BCBA, a board-certified behavior analyst, is not enough. For our clients, for our consumers. It's not enough to save the world, but it's a part of it. And so, for those of you who have had exceptional mentors, reach out to them, thank them, remind them, applaud them, try to reinforce that behavior, um, and then try to emulate it. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. It's a cliche thing to say. But it's a really simple way to conceptualize our contributions as we all look to pay it forward. So Jennifer, congratulations on becoming a board-certified behavior analyst. And in the same breath, I wanna say to Dr. Susan Ainsley, thank you for making me the behavior analyst I am. And thank you to Dr. Aubrey Daniels and to Dr. Michael Dorsey and to Carla Schmidt and Kristen Koba-Burt and everybody else that I have learned from, grown with, and have had the opportunity, Dr. Antonio Harrison, Dr. Ellie Kazemi, and Tyra Sellers, Tara Famey, to be connected with, to join hands with, and to share in the beauty that is, Bringing behavior analysis to the masses. So whether you are the student or the teacher, or hopefully you are both, and yes, I want to make this a specific congratulations to Jennifer Leonardo, I also wish to say to every single one of you who are listening, you are important, you matter, and I think you play a bigger role than you realize. So together, we can do this. We are doing this. Thank you for doing this and for being a part of helping behavior analysts and behavior analysis make the world a better place.